Good morning. My name is Mickey Kibler, and I'm honored to bring the message on this first Sunday after Easter. When I was asked to deliver a message, I had a choice of a few dates. I selected this date because Psalm 133 resonated with me, especially verse 1, and specifically the word unity. Psalm 133 verse 1 says, How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. My gut reaction to the verse was a longing for unity, when in fact I do have unity in Christ with other believers. What does unity mean to you? Do you think about world peace? Lack of national political divides? No family squabbles? Or something else? Mathematicians may be thinking about circles. There are many dictionary definitions, oneness, accord, etc. Do you think about unity being good and pleasant? Do you think about discord instead of accord? There are a few things in life that are both good for us and pleasant to us. Many things in life are good for us, like exercise or eating healthy, but not many of us would find those things pleasant. On the other hand, while eating a pint of Ben & Jerry's New York Super Fudge Chunk ice cream would be pleasant, it would certainly not be good for me. You can see the point. But the subject of this psalm is something that is both good and pleasant. Unity and harmony among God's people. A relationship with God is not purely an intellectual internal faith, but a faith can only, that can only be authentically lived in community with other believers. God has created us to be highly relational beings, and it is good for us and pleasant for us to be together. That doesn't mean, of course, that fellowships of believers are always one big happy family. David, the author of this psalm, understood this problem well because he had brought the 12 tribes of Israel together into community more than anyone had since Moses' time. Within the body of Christ, we will disagree over some things. And in his short outburst of praise, we discover King David rejoicing and singing in his heart by faith with thanksgiving. How good and pleasant it is when we live together in harmony, for it refreshes the soul and is a sweet fragrance that ascends to the Lord and glorifies his holy name. This was one of the songs of ascent that Israel would sing to the Lord with joy in their hearts as they advanced on their pilgrimage to Jerusalem. This was a hymn of praise that would echo throughout the land of Israel as God's people traveled towards their sacred destination. We too are on our own march towards our heavenly home, but every step we make toward that day should be a day when we live together with our brothers and sisters in Christ in gracious harmony and godly unity. Unity does not imply uniformity, but in the body of Christ, there should be a real oneness of spirit. In all our dealings, there should be a godly spirit of unity and love. There should be a patient, kind, gracious love that comes only from the indwelling spirit of Christ. Jesus prayed on the night he was betrayed that his disciples would be one, even as he and the Father were one. Jesus also told his disciples that night that the world would be able to know his disciples because they loved each other. This is one of the keys to unity. Without love, we will never maintain the unity of the spirit that God has given us. John tells us that if we do not love our brother whom we have seen, we cannot love God whom we have not seen. 
It is not enough to just say we love, but we must love in deed and in truth. This means we show our love by the way we act. In Paul's letter to the Corinthians, we see how they suffered from divisions in the church. Paul reprimands them for this and tells them that this division was destroying the church, the temple of God. For God's children to dwell together in unity is an extremely important subject in the Bible. Paul told the Ephesians that we are to make every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Not only does this passage tell us that unity is important to God, but that he gives the unity and we are to maintain it. One of the hardest things in life is to get along with others. We are all different and we will have our own opinions. We will have disagreements and disapproving of what others may do. There is much in God's word about getting along with each other. We are commanded not only to get along with each other, but also to love each other. John chapter 13 verses 34 and 35 say, I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you have love for one another. This commandment was so important, it was repeated in John chapter 15, verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. These verses contain three of the one another commands. One another is two words in English, but is only one word in Greek. Alleluia. It is used 100 times in 94 New Testament verses. One third of the one another commands deal with the unity of the church. Jesus taught that we need to love one another to have unity. What does it take to follow Jesus' commandment of loving one another? I ask again, what does unity mean to you? Heavenly Father, I pray that we may learn to live together with all our brothers and sisters in Christ in godly love and unity. And to your praise and glory, protect us from discord, disunity, or division, and help all your children to stand firm in the faith once offered to the saints through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has caused us to be united together in him. I ask these things in your son's most holy name. Amen.